Welcome to Shortcut the Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 11th, 2021, the second Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I'm doing well. We had in-person worship for the first time during Holy Week, including Easter, and all that went very well. And you're part of the carrying the luggage of making sure the live stream was very good was very good so it was great to see people but also great to know that we are still folks that we're not yet ready to worship in person yeah uh not either not yet ready or uh not capable uh with yeah. with with, uh, with um uh, spring break going on i know there were a couple of people who <clears throat> may have tuned in from a hotel room or a family right. member's house in a different state uh, uh so uh, any feedback uh, that you have for that, I am all ears, uh, positive, negative. Uh, we're kind of going through it together. Um, yeah, trial and error. Trial and error. And uh, but, but yeah, uh, uh, the the software didn't fail. The uh, microphone behaved ish, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it it wasn't half bad if I don't say so myself. So I was uh, fairly pleased that it didn't crash burn explode catch on fire all the things <laughs> was, that i worry was not it was not hacked <laughs> it wasn't hacked it wasn't hijacked hijacked by uh, foreign actors uh, you know so yeah, yeah i was i was i was thrilled um but uh but yeah so we which was a just very... in case it ever happens <laughs> just... if you're watching one of our um various videos and there's an ad for bitcoin we do not endorse that <laughs> yeah we, we we are strong believers in some of the other cryptocurrencies uh we would never no just um but yes it was it was a great uh feeling i think to be uh in person with uh folks and uh, uh, especially considering that it had been, you know, a year away. So uh, yeah. uh, it was it was nice to have it, um, even even though it was not normal. Uh, it still definitely felt uh, abnormal. But there were aspects that started, at least for me, to, to feel um, like it was it could be a normal part of the service, like the uh, the, the part where you. Uh, had everybody turn and wave at the camera for the people watching at home. Mm -hmm. That might not be a thing that just happens for a, a series of weeks or, or a couple of right. months. Right. That that really should be every week. And it's very possible that we could uh, we could have a, a whole whole online audience. So if you are part of that group, uh, we 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 appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, uh, we, we we hope that the. Um, that service, these services still have meaning for you, and and that you're able to 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 uh, enjoy them and uh, connect, uh, and that's uh, that's the definitely the goal. So hopefully uh, um, that continues, and and uh, we're, we're gonna that's the plan is to continue to make yeah. that available. So um, at yeah, the very just, least, just we might as well complete our plug. So that's every Sunday at 10 a.m. We're live yep. streaming the 10 a.m. service. We're meeting. Live 8 a.m. or in person at 8, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Masks on, socially distanced, uh, rows blocked off, all windows open so that there's good air circulation. We're doing everything we can. Yeah. And just by word of mouth, it seems like a lot of the folks are vaccinated. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, nothing's 100% safe, but we're doing our best. Doing our best, and you know, the, the the longer time goes by, the more people have access to uh, the the vaccine. The closer we get to eliminating some of those uh, those otter restrictions, um, uh, fingers crossed. That's uh, that's where we continue to get. So just uh, we're, not, we're not allowed to have otters in church. <laughs> <laughs> the dad joke strikes early and often. <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it, it's uh, so it, it's it, it's exciting, I think, just uh, because it, it's, it is. it's another tool in the toolbox, even when um, we don't have to have you know social distance and masks on yeah. and door and windows open and everything. It's 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 a uh, one yet yet one more way to connect people, uh, whether you're uh, whether you prefer to be socially distant and and worship online just in general or you're not feeling well or you're traveling 
uh, it allows that to be uh, kind of a, a, a still a part of your normal uh, process and, and normal uh, um, week. And uh, so, yeah, but yeah. let us certainly let us know. And, and you can even let us know on this channel at shortcut at hfec.org if you have uh, um, things to say about it. Uh, we're all ears because that's. Uh, yeah, we want to make it better. Definitely want to make it better. Certainly uh, uh, don't want to make it worse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, always looking to, to Why are improve. they showing cartoons before this starts? <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, and, and now that uh, now that Holy Week is done, um, and that means that... Um, that means that uh, Lent is also done. Uh, we had basically retires a, a couple of programs. Bruce, that means that we we have nothing going on at the church <laughs> now, right? That, that now we're oh, now we're dude. in our law our, our lull of of programming, right? We we don't have anything to check out on our website. Oh, lots of stuff still going on. Holyfamilyfishers.org. There's still activities for youth and children. There are book groups that are meeting. There are various. Uh, social and social service groups that are meeting if anything things are firing up in part because we can safely um relatively safely meet outside uh, yeah. with group activities so yeah. lots of stuff happening and yeah i won't even try to remember them all right now <laughs> i will remember one that mm -hmm. because i keep getting kicked in the shins about it is in a nice way is the may 1st flower sale which oh, yes. is a lot it's so much fun, but also there's fantastic bargains on nursery plants mm -hmm. and also on uh, various mulches. So check that out on the website. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that that is a very exciting uh, um, fundraiser. It's a, it, I mean, we, yeah, we, it is a fundraiser not, for the not shy for the it. youth. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's but especially. Um, the the green thumb that we've all at least attempted to cultivate over this past year, uh, let, let's let's put it back into into good use. I, I know that uh, mm -hmm. I myself am am trying to expand a little bit of the gardens and uh, grow a little bit more fruits and vegetables. Uh, I really enjoyed that this last year. It was uh, therapeutic for me. So um, I don't know as if we it, it's more the actual flowers as opposed to um, uh, um, edibles. I I haven't seen what the final list is, but the we we had to when we did it in this fashion two years ago, there were tomato plants Ooh, and uh -huh. pepper plants as well as lots of different kinds of blooms and yeah. ferns and things like that. So it, it's quite a variety. Yeah, a little bit of everything. A little bit of yeah. everything. So, um, speaking of a little bit of everything, I suppose, let's move over to the hodgepodge of uh, uh, person tr trivia that I throw your way every week. Yeah. Um, the, the person of the day question uh, for you. Uh, Bruce, your person of the day today is John Murray Forbes. John Murray Forbes. And I can give okay. you dates. You want dates? Yeah, please. Yes. 1807 to 1885. Okay, this this is a long shot. Admittedly. Let's go for it. Did he finance the revision of the Book of Common Prayer? He did not. He did okay. not. Okay. Oh, I like that, that. I like that guess, though, based on the Forbes name. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. No, you'll, you'll, uh, let me read the first sentence and you'll realize why I had to, uh, uh, read a little bit more about this guy. Uh, okay. The, the first sentence of his definition on the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church website is controversial priest and seminary dean. So cool. I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, born in New York, uh, city, uh, Went to General Theological Seminary in 1830, ordained later uh, that year, uh, priest the following year. Uh, in 1835, he resigned that position uh, to become the rector of St. Luke's Church uh, in New York City. Um, while there, and here's, here's the part where I'd love to, to know a little bit of information if you have any. While there, he was in, influenced by the tractate. Tractarians. Tract yes, that's how you say it. Okay. 
Uh, and in 1849, so uh, 14 years after he became rector of St. Luke's Church, he joined the Roman Catholic Church, uh, was, as we discussed a, a, a week or two ago, uh, therefore deposed from the ordained <laughs> ministry of the Episcopal Church, uh, a Roman Catholic priest the following year, um, and then nine years later left the Roman Catholic Church and restored <laughs> to the Episcopal priesthood in 1862, uh, where he became the associate rector back at St. Luke's. Uh, he was the first person elected dean of the G General Theological Seminary by the Board of Trustees under the revised statutes in 1867. Oh, don't even get me started on those revised statutes. Oh, but, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then he, but he returned uh, to the Episcopal Church, uh, a firm Protestant, militantly anti-Roman and anti-ritualist. And he wow. resigned as, right, uh, re resigned as dean in 1872 and retired uh, and died uh, 13 years later in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, so, but yeah, a, a controversial priest and seminary dean had to know more. Uh, so in the, in the light of needing to know more tractarianism, yeah. what, what, what? <laughs> what is that? As is so often the case in church labeling and probably throughout society, um, it's a, it's an unhelpful shorthand where, okay. In England, mm -hmm. in beginning, well, I don't want to say exactly where it began cause I'm not remembering accurately, but I'll say around 1800, there was a growing movement within the Church of England, which is mm -hmm. um, the Episcopal Church in England. I usually say the Episcopal Church is the Church of England in America. But anyway, the and it was, in a sense, a counter to the very strong Protestant movements moving through the Church of England, where uh, people did not... We're not interested in the sacraments and we're um, not wanting the clergy to even wear clerical collars at times. And also, hmm. it was amazing to me, very minor back and forth, but, but people took it very, very seriously. And there was a priest named Posey and some others who would write pamphlets, which at that time were called tracts. And therefore, Tractarians about why it was important to celebrate the Eucharist, to uh, what was the symbolism of vestments and candles on the altar and crosses and various rituals and things huh. like that. And it started the what now is often called the High Church movement mm -hmm. in um, England and in North America as the uh, tracts literally made their way across the ocean and it started to be distributed here. So that's long story short. That's why we celebrate the Eucharist every Sunday is hmm. it took until literally the late 1970s. But that's in a sense, that's when the Tractarians had their final victory, an ultimate <laughs> victory um, in the Episcopal church of the importance of celebrating the Eucharist weekly and um, having, you know, it, it, I, I have not seen in decades an Episcopal church that doesn't have candles on the altar and yeah. a cross somewhere at the front. In At the time of the American Revolution, those things would, were not universal. Mm, uh, okay. So the, it, the high church movement, the Tractarians, had a massive effect on the practices of the Episcopal Church today and worldwide in um, mainstream um, Christianity. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Lutherans that, uh, around the world are now, well, I don't know if they use this phrase or not, but would be considered high church. Even Methodists um, oh. who were vehemently anti-high church. Um, and the the path that our name of the day took of high church episcopalian roman catholic because sort of the shorthand 
for high church Episcopalian was when in doubt, walk down the street, see what the Roman Catholics are doing and then bring it back. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And many, many were disillusioned when they to use the old term or when they took the path to Rome, many were disappointed. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and so took the road back to Canterbury is how it would mm. then be completed um, and brought back sometimes the uh, greater appreciation for the deeper meanings of the practices mm-hmm. um, other times with a rejection of them, like with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to imagine. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there were people, but uh, militantly anti-Roman and anti-ritualist. Uh, the word anti-Roman and anti-ritualist, you know, at least give you an idea of uh, what he learned during his time. Yeah. The word militantly uh, in front of all that uh, puts a really big exclamation mark on yeah. it. <laughs> so... I found that very interesting about uh, John Murray Forbes. Uh, a couple of a couple of other real quick things about him. Uh, he did get while he was part of the Roman Catholic priesthood. He got, uh, received a papal doctorate by Pius the Ninth in 1859 wow. before he left. Uh, or sorry, sorry, 1855 before he left in 1859. Uh, he also when he when he was elected dean of the General Theological Seminary by the Board of Trustees in 1867, uh, it seems to imply as though he was the first one actually elected. Uh, resident professors at the seminary uh, served as dean in annual rotation up until that point. That's uh, what I was so, going to guess. Uh, so, yeah, so he so he was the first one actually elected, and it also then seems to imply that uh, that tradition has maybe uh, kept on until this day. Uh, and then the other thing that I was going to throw... Much to the... Uh, displeasure of the faculty i'll add <laughs> fair fair quite fair uh the other thing that i would add is the high church church movement is also sometimes it seems as though it's sometimes referred to as the oxford movement yes because uh, in in england the track the tractarians did a lot of those who actually did publish were centered in um the community of oxford ah uh, okay that makes that makes some sense uh yeah, there was there was a uh, where was it? There was like a no, I'm not going to find it back on Wikipedia. I actually, actually <laughs> closed it out. That thing is the, the, the entry is large, but there was it, it, Tractarians. It, it, yeah, it was it was um, it was based on the name came from a specific um, a specific writing, and I forget uh, what what it was that. Uh, the word tract was it was part of the uh the title yeah. so yeah um, i'm forgetting I, too i literally remember having that question on a final in seminary and i do not remember the answer hey look you know what there are things that there's is, wikipedia now yeah there there are things that you need to know for the rest of your life and there are things <laughs> that it's fun to know for the rest of your yes. life um <laughs> Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, so long as you get the gist of it, which in, in a way uh, uh, is, is a plug for uh, this little little game I like to play with you every yeah. week. Uh, because, listen, anybody who's listening to this uh, now, later, forevermore, do I anticipate that they will, the, the name John Murray Forbes will be burned into their uh, memory and his accomplishments or his choices through life that, that are identified in this, in this definition. No, absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) But uh, do I hope that it imparts some sort of sense uh, to, to an individual listener of, Hey, you know what? The church takes, there's all sorts of people who contribute to the church. Some of them, are you know have goody two shoes straight and narrow stories where they're just like almost disgustingly good people, um, <laughs> and and uh, then there are stories where it's like oh this person had a rough go of it and and like w- bounced back and forth and changed yeah. their mind and maybe Zigged even did some st- exactly maybe even did some stuff that uh, they're probably not they probably were not proud of or in hindsight shouldn't be proud of um if i can instill that sense of like hey it 
it does take all different types of people with different uh, 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 skill sets and, and mindsets and uh, talents uh, to come forward and how they influence people over time and the rest of us over time. That uh, is a good lesson to have learned yeah. with no specifics needed. Um, let, me, let me add one more thing about the Tractarian slash the Oxford movement. Sure. The, the thing that sometimes gets forgotten because Episcopalians tend to focus on worship is a ma- half, at least half of their movement was around social justice. And mm-hmm. so their, their um, philosophy was that the worship informed your conscience. And so you Ooh. had to worship frequently and as um, meaningfully as possible in order to do the tough work of straightening out society. And so it was important to receive the Eucharist as often as possible because you are going to be encountering extremely difficult social situations over and over. And one of the the scandals in the eyes of um, more traditional Church of England folks was the Oxford um, movement priests opening up the, the huge major support buildings around the churches around England as homeless shelters. Hmm. And that was just, you know, it just was blowing minds left and right that first their priest was saying they wanted to have a Eucharist every week. Some of them wanted to have it every day. And then they were giving up their mansions um, in order to open it to people from the street. Hmm. So a lot, a lot of these churches had, really what we would now call a mansion as the residence for the priest and, and his family. Wow. And the pr- priests were always he back then. Um, so right. it, it was right. really, sh- it was shaking things up on every level within the church of England mm. and to a lesser degree within the United States as well. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Lots of books, uh, written on, on, uh, this kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure if you would like to reach out to uh, to uh, Bruce at the church, uh, he I'm, I'd be willing to throw out uh, on your behalf a a, a uh, the ability to create maybe a, a, a writing list should someone be interested. Oh, yeah, a reading list, but yes, or yeah, reading list, <laughs> a reading of writing, a list of things that have been written. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> writings that you can read. <laughs> I told you the coffee hadn't fully kicked in yet. Uh, That's right. So, <laughs> so let let me uh, let, let's move on so that yes. we can go on script because uh, these <laughs> words are actually written for me, and it's harder for me to deviate. <laughs> let's let's move to our first reading, uh, which is uh, Acts. Uh, so so a a a, a, um, a I shouldn't say a little known uh, fact about the season of Easter, but uh, uh, an often forgotten fact, I think, uh, about Easter. Our first readings uh, kind of become uh, readings from the book of Acts. We kind of uh, delve over into uh, all New Testament readings, both for the first reading, the second reading, and of course the gospel. So, uh, so no, no Isaiah readings for the next few weeks uh, uh, or or anything uh, fun where we can uh, delve into the, ancient ancient history of of uh of the israelites uh we'll have to fast forward a couple hundred years and do the uh a few hundred years and do the do the acts thousands thousands (laughs) (laughs) i mean a few a few hundred stacked uh so uh our first reading uh from the book of acts is chapter 4 verse 32 through 35 Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of what was sold. Brought. Sorry, and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Um, so, 
first, uh, and and maybe we'll do a reminder of this every every uh, week. Uh, the Book of Acts, written by the author of the Gospel of Luke. Yes, this is written yes. by Luke. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, so, and so that's part of the fun of reading the Gospel of Luke is that he at times leaves out some details or and then what and you know and then what happens to the book of acts mm, okay. and one of the unfortunate um traditions with in bible printing is that the book of acts is separated in terms of pages mm -hmm. from the gospel of luke luke and all of the earliest uh, copies of these that we can find they were always linked physically linked together um, yeah, if they were linked okay. with anything so yeah, we for whatever editorial reason it was decided to put all the gospels together do not put luke last and let the book of acts just sort of hang out there after the gospels hmm yeah, that is unfortunate, especially considering uh, the author and the time frame that is covered in the Book of Acts. It's not as though it's like, you know, several, you know, several years later. Right. Uh, this is this is a resurrection uh, uh, stories. This is uh, right right in the middle of it. Um, so uh, about this reading, um, this. I mean, this kind of a, this is a very, like, this is socialism being described here in the, <laughs> in, the uh, in, in these four verses. I mean, this is, uh, you know, uh, one, you know, the whole group were one heart and soul and they brought together their possessions and they shared everything evenly and as to, well, I shouldn't say evenly, but distributed as, as anyone had need. Um, it's an interesting pick uh for 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 a reading uh, it's only four verses uh tell me a little bit about uh, about what we just read here well a, a couple things um one it goes back to the oxford movement that yeah. it was these historically these the, these verses have inspired various attempts by christians to live lives of self-giving and generosity mm -hmm. um and, and continue to right to this day the Er, some of the early examples include uh, what we now call monasteries and convents, which mm -hmm. operate still operate on um, this standard. There were, of course, some corruptions of that when monasteries particularly became very powerful in the Middle Ages. But that's that's a tangent they took that they pretty much have gotten better from. Um, and the other dimension of it is historic historically as in non-biblical sources we really can't find anywhere that says this happened <laughs> and hmm. and so well i it, mean it's not exactly necessarily something that would would uh lend itself to natural historical documentation right. is it i mean it's just kind of like oh yeah this happened We're like okay no one wrote that down but why well, would you and it what's possible though is that there, there were already communities like this within Judaism. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it, was, it was not a novel thought coming out of um, Jesus's followers that this is how they should live. Um, so there's, there's speculation by scholars that, the, that early Christianity, particularly in what we now call the Holy Land, was so heavily influenced, and perhaps even Jesus was so heavily influenced and respected these uh, Jewish communities that they wanted to set an example for generations to come, like our own, as mm. to what the ideal is. Mm. Uh, because the practice of monasteries had already started under Judaism. The most famous example today probably is the Qumran community that uh, produced and preserved the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right, right, right. And, and this is how they lived. We know from um, archaeology and, their, and the scrolls that they left beyond the scrolls of uh, scripture. 
Yeah, and I know that that is a a topic that I need to keep you from talking about for fear <laughs> that we will never never, never come be back. able to, never come back. <laughs> um, That's right. But but it is it, it, it there it, and again another another plug to go visit uh, Father Bruce here is yeah. Uh, uh, you want some information about the the Dead Sea Scrolls and the community that preserved them? Go talk to him. Uh, yeah. There, bring a cup is, of coffee. It'll take a while. <laughs> this is, I think it's fair to say I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, an obsession, uh, but this is definitely that's definitely one of the things that you have a, a great deal of interest in. Yes, definitely. Um, so, uh, so it. Now, I'm I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious about the choosing of this uh, this reading. I, I, I don't. I know you can't really necessarily put yourself in the shoes of the lectionary writers, but you know, in my mind, this this past Sunday, uh, uh, we, we read from Mark, right? Uh, and in, in your homily, you even talked about how uh, what we read uh, seems to have been the original ending of the Gospel of Mark, wherein there's no resurrection story. Uh, it's kind of like open-ended, like we, we, mm-hmm. we know that the tomb is empty and that's it and, and fade to black, right? Uh, so, yeah. And we talked about it in the podcast last <clears throat> week, too. Yeah. So it's interesting to me uh, that the second Sunday of Easter... Um, I mean, we get it a little later, but, uh, the, the, the section of acts that we read from doesn't really have anything to do with the, the, the resurrection itself or, uh, the, the spreading of that gospel message. It just really is more of a societal, uh, uh, look in, uh, and then that's it. Uh, any idea like why this, I mean, the, the book of acts chronicles a, a lot of, uh, stories about uh, post-resurrection uh, and the spreading of the word and uh, some some very interesting uh, uh, circumstances and, and occurrences that, that take place during the 40 days after uh, um, his resurrection. So why this why this little small section? Any ideas? A, bil- a billion ideas, but I'll keep them brief. <laughs> um, first of all, it is in many ways it's it's an extremely good follow-up to the fade to black ending of mark because in a sense the the curtain rises again and we see what's the result of the empty tomb that Mm. people are are, um, living with one heart and soul they aren't claiming private ownership everything's held in common everyone's um everything everyone is taken care of according to their need and um, verse 33 with great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all so mm. you know those two are very closely linked in this passage of the in a sense the lifestyle but also the new reality they were living out of the resurrection of christ interesting um and uh i know that I know we never read it, but I'm going to read the first verse of our of our reading from the book of Psalm. Uh, How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. Um, so uh, kind of uh, continuing that thread uh, and that thought, um, um, even in the, uh, the, yeah. the psalm. So um, <clears throat> anything else about this before we move on to our second reading here? We should probably just move on. I could... Because otherwise on. I'll go on and on. <laughs> go back to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, right. Let me tell you. Um, so uh, our second reading is from first, uh, the, the first book of John, chapter 1. First, verses, first letter of John. First letter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First letter uh, of uh, uh, John, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 2. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, What we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, this life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 
If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So um, the first letter of John is uh, written by John, right? The same gospel writer, right? No. No? <laughs> well, then this is confusing. Who wrote John? Who wrote the letter of John? They're, um, they're ba basically, they're, it's what's called the Johannine school, where... I don't know that person. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are three letters of John in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And they all share a vocabulary and themes that were first seen in the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. And don't basically don't say anything in contradiction to it. And so there's a, a strong consensus that, well, the author of the Gospel of John did not write these letters because they're uh, too young for him to be able to have written them. They're, they're from around 110 after the birth of Christ. Um, they are heavily, heavily influenced by the John theology. And so the way it's often described is that they were produced within and for the Johannine community, the Christian churches that focused on the gospel of John. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that, that's where it gets its name is. Yeah. Is... <clears throat> because of the so the audience it wasn't a book it wasn't a writing from john it wasn't a, a, a letter to john uh but it was uh to a community that was heavily influenced by the gospel writing of john yeah oh interesting okay now um another little bit of of behind the scenes discussion <clears throat> as you as you pointed out there's three books or three books three letters uh, this first one is five chapters long. Most of the chapters are fairly short. Uh, the second and third ones are like single, <laughs> like single chapter, like blink and yeah. you'll miss it. Uh, yeah. kind of, kind the of small things. town uh, of <laughs> letters. Right, 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 right. I mean, uh, if, if you look at it, um, and we don't very often uh the first uh, letter of john or the the first john letter we at least get some readings over the year uh, through the year uh that might jump in any of its five chapters but i i can't tell you the last time we had a lectionary reading from the second or third letter um they're yeah. so short <clears throat> they'll come up in the daily office readings Mm -hmm. um the day the readings for every day of the year uh, but yeah i don't think they come up on sundays um i think you're right about that i hadn't really thought about it before uh, and it seems to me correct me if i'm wrong uh that the first letter is it's very it's this introduction then leads seems to lead into more instructions it's more yeah. of an instructional letter very what much to do, so. why i'm writing uh you uh, some warnings about what to do, what not to do. Uh, and then the second and third letters are, are actual, they read like letters. Very uh, much so. They're, they're very much written as though like, hey, I'm talking to you. Uh, how are you? How are things? <laughs> tell yeah. So, tell so-and-so I said hi. Um, uh, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting collection of writings because... Um, on in on one hand, two of the letters are 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 actually written like that, are like letters, and uh, are are kind of like an interesting look into 
a uh, a bit of a conversation. Uh, and then this one is, I mean, also in the form of a letter, a little longer, uh, and is more of like a pamphlet, like a like an instructional right. pamphlet, almost um, like a tract. Aha! Read about. Um, and and as far as what's written here, I I don't think that this is. I don't I don't I'm not picking out anything where I'm like, oh, that's a little a bit of an odd way to write it or anything like. Well, that's new. Um, um, it, it simply is, it, to me, it simply reads as though uh, a, a, it's another example of that um, uh, kindred uh, living together in, in unity uh, uh, that's referred here in Acts. This is like the like a, maybe a couple of years down the road and a, a further example of how... Um, this movement spread and this is a letter from one community to to yet another and yeah am, and am i the, right in that or the only thing that i would want to shift is it's not a couple years down the road it's probably about um 40 to 60 years down the road that's a couple <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah uh, so, so, it's, so it's multiple generations really okay okay and and so it's this this comes at a later development time for Christian communities than the book of Acts does. Right. Yeah. And I, I also get the feeling from this letter because sometimes you read like a, 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 a Pauline letter will very clearly have like this undertone of like, uh, I'm trying to reason with you. Yeah. Uh, or, very Greek uh, philosophy style. Exactly. And then there will be some other writings uh, in the New Testament that'll be like, uh, hey, uh, I'm reaching out to you so that you can like uh, fix these problems that you have mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, uh, maybe a little bit judgmental. Uh, um, but this writing is it it talks about uh, a couple of things here uh, in, in the later verses of it of like. Hey, uh, you know, if you if if you think of it this way, um, you know, you you would be wrong. But it doesn't come across as though it's trying to necessarily uh, chastise or reason. It more this this passage more reads as though like this is like the opening letter of Hey, we are like minded individuals, and let me tell you a couple of things so that you can realize that is that, is that kind of the case? I mean, this, was this intended to be, I mean, we talked about how it was it, the, the first letter is instructional, but I don't, I, in reading through a lot of that, I didn't really get the, the, the feeling, the vibe that it was like, you guys need to straighten up or you guys right. need to come back into the fold. It was kind of like, Hey, I, I'm like writing this down. So one, you know that we're on the same page and two, so that it's written down, feel free to use this if you want. Like that, that's kind of the, the overall vibe I'm getting from it. it any insight on that? Am I totally yeah. wrong? You're, you're not totally wrong. <laughs> you're just a little bit wrong. Hey, hey, um, that's, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we all live. Uh, where. What's happening in the first letter of John is that the Johannine teacher, as mm -hmm. scholars call it, called the author, is reassuring, supporting, cheerleading the, the part of the community that has not left. The mm. Johannine community is going through a schism. And... Yeah. What it's about is whether or not Jesus was, in fact, in the flesh. Whether Jesus actually was a living, breathing human being, or was it divine special effects? Hmm. So that's why, you know, we just fly past it, because we're used to this kind of language. But that's mm -hmm. why, he, why the author uses pretty strong bodily language around the, the descriptions of Jesus that you know, in, in verse seven, uh, if we walk in the light and that's a huge theme throughout um, the John community, if we walk mm -hmm. in the light as he himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin that, you know, that that's a pretty vivid image 
that Jesus had a real body. Right, 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 right. Um, and you know, we we unfortunately have misused these verses about uh, for other theological things. Usually, you hit people over the head with the Bible, but it's really about trying to convince people, or not convince people, but reassure people that Jesus was real, was a human being, really did suffer and die, and and that's how much God loves us, as opposed mm. to the split off, which gets a lot of traction. We, knew, we know this from church history, that they can't imagine God doing this. Right. Um, and so there's a huge movement to declare that Jesus was an apparition, is to use modern language. There's all sorts of complicated Greek constructs and all to try to work around it. Um, and a big part of this um, letter is to tell people, no, Jesus really did die as a human being on the cross. That really mm. happened in this way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I would imagine that would be uh, that would be the the mythos around this. If you if you weren't uh, living in the region, uh, it would it would be easy for that to grow and spread. Yeah. Um. Um. So, I I, I, I get why that would be. You know, and still to, even to this day, I mean, we still have a, a lot of people who, um, I think the general consensus, uh, the easy consensus is, uh, yeah, there's you know, documented historical records that this, this person actually did exist. But from there you get a lot of, uh, difference, uh, not so much within the church community, but, uh, um, um, the, the worldwide community as a, as a whole will, uh, then have the difference of opinion as to what that person, who, who that person really was, what yeah. the, the background of it. So I, I get that that would be kind of part of the, uh, well, the, and the, the difficult, message and, to convey and part of what's happened with um the first letter of john is that john the author of this letters pushing the human aspect of john christians unfortunately have taken it to mean inaccurately that jesus needed to be human in order to satisfy god's bloodlust right 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 Rather than it's that's how much God loved us. It's instead, yeah, Jesus had you know, had to be human so that God could kill him. And that's not mm. all what John's saying. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, interesting. you know, even go to church every Sunday. Christians get this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, we're not wholly unified on every aspect of uh, <laughs> matters of faith. I don't How's that possible? Um, <laughs> uh, any anything else about this uh, this this uh, writing? Um, no, that looking at the clock, we should probably move along. Yeah, we probably should. Let's move uh, to a fairly familiar story. Uh, uh, John, uh, the Gospel writing of John, right? Uh, chapter twenty, verses nineteen through thirty-one. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house were, where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless, you, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Um, let me see here real quick. One quick, quick, one quick thing. I find it interesting. Um, okay, so this, in a way, that reads as though that's the end of the book. Right. Um, and it's not. Is this another case like Mark uh, where yep. like, oh, we tacked on another chapter. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like any idea, like what's what do we know about this edition? The, the, the 21st chapter when it was tacked on by who was it like? the same author or was it like, Oh, you know what? I never liked the way that book ended. Let me, let me toss in this other account uh, encounter that was uh, documented later. Well, um, it, yeah, it, it, it's known. I mean, the shorthand for chapter 21, the last, the, the following chapter, the last chapter in, in the gospel is the epilogue. And mm -hmm. so that gives you, that might make it easy to remember how this is typically interpreted, which is be because of how it is written, the actual words and grammar used the right now, the consensus is that it was written by the same author as the rest of John. Okay. And there's, which was he, not the case with the Mark. Right. Mark, it's right, like, right. it is such a gobbledygook of verses. <laughs> totally different. It, it, yeah. I mean, you just, even in English, unless the translator really smoothed it out, it's like, what? You know, who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, you know, didn't anyone proofread this? Right, right. Yeah, it, it takes a verse from Mar from Matthew, from Luke. I mean, they're just, it's all over the map. Whereas this reads as both a unified writing and also mm -hmm. as unified with the rest of the book. There's a, um, a whole field of study around the literary construction of biblical passages, as there are of mm -hmm. Hemingway and, and other famous works. And so one of those uh, theories is that the first chapter of John and the last chapter of John were written down after everything else was written down and sort of started to get checked by other people. Oh, okay. So the, the first chapter of John is the one that echoes the book of Genesis with um, in the beginning. And it's this mm. beautiful poem about the meaning of who Jesus is. And then the action starts with the second chapter. So the second chapter of John looks very much like the first chapters of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Got it. And now the this last chapter, um, yeah, adds on particularly about what's Peter's authority in the church. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of the, and so there's speculation that to use shorthand john finished the gospel started sharing it around and people first of all said but there's this great hymn that we always sing about who jesus was that should be in there somewhere and so mm -hmm. john said okay we'll start with that that's a good idea it's like the opening hymn mm. um, and then people started to say well peter's just a screw-up why why are we listening to peter and why are we listening to the, the structure of the church that Peter established? Right. And right. so John oh, said, well, well, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> I throw in a little bit of like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Authority and power by way of Christ himself. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm also imagining that this is, I mean, this is like the, uh, this is the uh, uh, movie equivalent of like the, the, the third or fourth ending of yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings. 
Like you're like, uh, oh, that was a, you know, today's gospel reading is the, the, the where, where the entire audience, it was like, oh, that, that's a nice way to end it. And then you know, the curtain comes back up as we, we used the analogy earlier. Uh, and uh, uh, oh, yeah, what one more thing. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and yet one more thing. Um, whereas, uh, whereas I guess Mark was, was, uh, more of like, uh, the, uh, to use, to use modern, a modern reference is more the, uh, the Zack Snyder cut of, uh, <laughs> of the, well, let me, let me, let me throw this thing on here and it doesn't feel like it fits. Um, uh, but, uh, I guess it's not a fair analogy. Sorry, Zack Snyder. Um, but, uh. But as far as the, the the writing itself, so so as opposed to focusing simply on uh, what <laughs> what what proceeds uh, after today's gospel reading, maybe I should uh, ask a couple of questions about, <laughs> about it. the actual reading. Sure. Um, even though even though this is you know this is a pretty well worn story, I, I, I'm trying to remember if this is one of those that appears in all gospels. Uh, oh, no, I, I know that it doesn't because Mark doesn't go into it but uh th- does it appear in all three uh, all the other three or is this uh is doubting thomas is don is john and so th- we read this every almost every year it seems uh uh the, the story of doubting thomas comes up yearly it feels like it's frequently um, i don't know if it's yearly okay um so uh, what what can be said about this then if, if it only appears in john <laughs> What could be said about us that hasn't already been said? I mean, I, I, I find it interesting that Thomas, what Thomas claims that he won't believe until he sees is exactly, almost exactly what all the other disciples, you know, do. So like in a way, it's kind of odd that, you know, if you had 11 friends that were like, oh, we went on this roller coaster yeah, and it was crazy. And we're like, look, until I go on the roller coaster, I'm not going to believe. And like, we, we all just did the thing that you like, you could believe it. Like you might want to still see it, but like, you can't believe that the, the 11 of us, uh, we we saw the mark of the nails in his hands. Uh, maybe we didn't put our hand in his side. What a weird <laughs> want, thing to want to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, seeing like we've we've seen this, and it wasn't like a you know oh thought he flashed outside the window, and pretty sure that was him. I think right. I saw the, the literally right in front of us. Like eleven of us are telling you we've literally seen this, and and Thomas still doesn't believe. Uh, that until he gets a chance to see it. Uh, I know that we're supposed to live vicariously through Thomas, but that's still a little bit of a weird, uh, an oddity. Yeah, it is. And, um, yeah, obviously people have been writing about this and, and pondering it ever since it was, the stories were first shared. Um, and first of all, I just have to say one little correction. It would have been, 10 apostles since judas was out of the picture by this oh point. yeah 10 sorry but sorry sorry yeah it's okay um <laughs> 10 10 friends and a dead one I yeah i'm sorry <laughs> yeah you know and they're all staying around to thomas saying hey it's not like we're judas come on <laughs> right right come on man <laughs> oh too soon you know <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I guess that's, I mean, you know what that might actually be a fair point of like thomas is like i'm not trusting any of you yeah that, the last, you know the I, last have, one I, I think tr- you're right yeah the I, last one i trusted uh killed killed our savior so yeah. uh yeah so why should i trust you, you? <laughs> exactly i you know i never thought of that and i think that i think that preaches as they say um yeah maybe yeah that's a good one i don't know if i'll steal it for the sunday i might wait just so people forget but (laughs) (laughs) um but one of the things that's um there are so many things that are happening here one is peter's never mentioned by name within it Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. one reason the need for the the um the the, the epilogue yeah yep the epilogue um sounds like everyone's pretty equal in the room and thomas talking and thomas saying i gotta do this in order to believe and he doesn't 
Yeah, he, he doesn't put his hand in Jesus's side. He doesn't put his finger in the mark of the nails. Um, right. He, he has the same experience as the other disciples had a couple days earlier, whatever, many times it was, eight days earlier, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. has the same amount of belief, and maybe even a bit more, because he says, um, my Lord and my God, rather than being scared. Right. So, you know, it... it of course, he, he had the benefit of, like... War warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forewarning, and, and maybe he was able to uh, prepare himself, uh, um, maybe not knowing knowing for sure that it would happen, but at least it was in his brain yeah. uh, somewhere in the background, whereas the other ten uh, probably needed a change of clothes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from this experience because uh hey you're inside a locked room and suddenly you know your crucified lord uh appears uh, in front of you and shows you the scars from his crucifixion that's kind of that, terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah that, that i would not blame anyone for freaking out in that moment um right, right. As... and then he breathes on him and uh, of all things <laughs> Well, the breathing on them is the within the Bible from the very from the very beginning of Genesis, breath is the sign of the presence of God. Gotcha. It's it's life force. Right. And so, 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 maybe so he not actually does have a going around and breathing on their face. Uh, maybe more. That's more of a figurative statement. Well, I th I think it's both. Okay. In okay. that. It symbolizes the, it, it's a, in Hebrew, it, I, I think in Greek, but I'm not positive of this, of that language. It's a pun. Spirit and breath are the same. So oh. Jesus breathing on them is gifting them with God's spirit, with what we now right. call the Holy Spirit. So um, what he's doing is what he's saying. Yeah. At the same point, at the same time. Okay. But also, yeah, they're. You only have breath if you're physically alive. And so this oh, okay. yeah, yeah. goes back to the concern from the letter of John that Jesus really was physically resurrected. And to be physically resurrected, you had to have a physical body to begin with. Right. So it, right. it's driving home those points that the Gospel of John was dealing with, you know, even as it was being composed or the community of mm -hmm. John was dealing with. Yeah, I like. I also like how you pointed out that uh, Thomas doesn't actually uh, do what he says he wanted to do in order to believe. But I also imagine <laughs> it's not written this way, so this is definitely a, a Ben imagining. Uh, but that he's, you know, Jesus comes and is like, "Hey, you said you wanted to uh, to do this, so go ahead, go for it. You, you are you sure you really want to?" And Thomas is more along the lines of, "No." No, <laughs> you know, oh, like a, okay, like a like a chastised child, like no, I'm, I'm right. So, I, I'm sorry. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, it, uh, uh, seeing seeing is is believing sometimes, and uh, I I would imagine at that point uh, the need uh for such <laughs> to, to for for action to follow such strong language would quickly dissipate and you'd be like uh i i can i can see that yeah your hands are obviously i'm good i'm good i don't need it <laughs> yeah. it's figurative and there's also thomas processing the information that jesus was aware of his demand from eight days mm -hmm. earlier right and <clears throat> You know, how would he know that? There, there's again a supernatural dimension to it, even as it was the Jesus that Thomas had followed probably for three years or so um, by the Gospel mm -hmm. of John chronology. So he, he knew this man very well, and yet now here he was standing resurrected with supernatural knowledge of Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the way this is written, uh, it is omitted that thomas also receives the holy spirit is that is the implication that he didn't get it that is one of the things scholars have thought about um i mean it's not it's not expressly said that he didn't it's just uh right and expressly said that he did either the for people who really like thomas 
uh, they presume mm-hmm. he got it. And I, th- I think that's a very safe presumption. It's not, you know, receiving the Holy Spirit is not a magic trick. It's God right. gets to do it whenever right. God wants. Um, and some have argued that because he was able to say, my Lord and my God, that showed he did have the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, that he was able to make that um, stupendous statement of faith. You know what's, what would be interesting then about that, I, I, and I'm sure this might be a, a scholarly writing somewhere, um, but because Jesus says in verse 29, um, uh, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe, uh, might imply that he received the Holy Spirit even though he wasn't there. Right. Uh, and that therefore... Um, when the disciples uh, received the Holy Spirit, we all did. Yep. And there was, uh, many scholars have pointed to the passages around Moses and his need for leadership and God saying, gather these people around you and they will receive a portion of your spirit, um, Mm. which we interpret as Christians being the Holy Spirit. And some of the people didn't show up for that part, but where they were, they received it. And there is a controversy within the community about why are why are these guys suddenly so wise yeah. and stuff. And Moses saying, "Hey, wherever they are, God was able to find them to hmm. shorten a speech." And right, so most scholars say, "Okay, we already know that that can happen." Um, so it's not something we need to pretend we don't have the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Let's just apply it here. Interesting. Well, with that, unless there is anything else, I will go ahead and pause. But the, wrap up. The, the one thing I'll add, and this may be in the Sermon mm-hmm. Sunday, I'm not sure yet, is where um, in verse 19, where it says the doors were locked uh, for fear of the Jews. Since the King James Version of english translations and maybe even there are some partial translations before it but that was the first complete one that's been translated as jews but in the greek it could simply be authorities or religious authorities Mm. so unfortunately gospel of john has been used by any people who are anti-semitic for centuries even um, been justification for killing jews on good friday Mm um so i just want to put that out there that it doesn't have to mean jews it can also just mean the authorities which probably is which i think thoroughly is more accurate right because every yeah. everyone in the room was jewish yeah yeah absolutely um yeah that's a that's a very good point uh to to bring forward uh lots can be said about uh that aspect of john of the book of john yeah so um Perhaps another time we will continue to read from John for a while. So um, with this, I will wrap up our podcast for April 11th, 2021, the second Sunday of Easter. Uh, Again, as said up at the top of it, uh, please visit our website, holyfamilyfishers.org. Uh, to see what all we've got going on and join us at uh, live in person at eight live in person or online at 10 o'clock on Sunday. And uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.